Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. My name is Rob Maxwell. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer. I'm the owner of Maxwell's Fitness Programs, and I've been in business since 1994. All right, so let's get down to business today. I had a thought, and the thought is more moderation. You know, what the heck does that mean? Doesn't the implication more mean more, more, more? And doesn't moderation mean to moderate something? How can there be more moderation? All right. So let me explain the method to the madness to that. Because, you know, part of this method to the madness is the fact that I can come up with some madness, right? And that's all good and that's all fun. But there is a little bit to this. You know what? There's a lot to this. I've said that for a long time in the fitness industry. We need more moderation. We need less extremes. We need less morbid obesity. It's not that we need less super fit, ripped, perfect models, if there is such a word as perfect. It's not that we need less, but we certainly don't need more. What we really need more is moderate, good fitness levels. Good enough. So I've said it for a very long time, but it's not just in the general sociological standpoint of things. People need more moderation to actually see results. So I'm going to go over some, I won't say recent research because it has been out a little bit, but it's something that's come up in some of the podcasts that I listen to and the books that I read. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to pass this on and talk a little bit about it. And it's actually quite interesting. So studies have actually shown that too much exercise can actually deter your weight loss desires, your weight loss productivity. All right. Now, I think for a long time, people have understood that from a sports science perspective, meaning that if we overtrain, we can kind of derail ourselves a little bit and we can produce too much cortisol. For those that have never really heard those things, that's okay too. I'm just trying to say that like, as far as this information goes, people have maybe understood that too much is bad hormonally, you know, that you can overdo things. And that is still certainly true, but that's not really what this research was focusing on. You know that uh, great New York Times number one bestseller, You Can't Outrun a Poor Diet, written by Rob Maxwell? Well, anyway, as I joke on almost every podcast, of course, it's not a number one bestseller, but it's, uh, I don't know if it's my number one bestseller. I think both books have done pretty equal. But anyway, there is so much truth to that you can't outrun a poor diet. So we've known that. And now we're learning it can actually be counterproductive. So a few weeks ago, I believe it was Dr. B, who I interviewed on the podcast this past Friday, Dr. Sandra Buchanan, asked me to talk a little bit about the set point theory. If you listen to that episode, then you remember that the set point theory is actually more of a fact. And what it is, is as we start to lose weight, 
and get closer to what our body perceives as our ideal body weight and body composition, our thermostat actually turns down a little bit, meaning that it becomes harder and harder to reach more goals because our body starts to dial it down a little bit. In other words, we need less calories than we used to need when we were at a heavier weight, which is why it becomes harder to lose weight as we get closer to our goal. A lot of people say, well, you know, I had so much fat to come off and early on it was all coming off. So there's a lot of truth to that, but there's also a physiological reason why that happens. We have kind of a uh, higher metabolic rate at that point. And it's not like it plummets, but it definitely starts to drop. And it's just the set point. As we get closer to our ideal, our body starts to dial in to keep us where we are because what our body desires is homeostasis. That's pretty much the uh, purpose behind the computer of the old body is homeostasis. It wants to keep us alive. So it makes adjustments here and there so it can do so. Because if we start losing weight and we start losing a lot of weight, our body all of a sudden starts to think that we are in trouble. It's not aware that we're doing it purposefully. So it starts to adjust because it's our body's job, ironically, to keep the body alive. So that's what happens with the set point. And I always like to say it's called set point theory, but I don't like the fact it's called a theory because then some people poo-poo it and they're like, well, that's just a theory. It's like, no, it's not just a theory. I mean, we know that. We know that the body temperature, the body thermostat, I should say, changes based on different things that we're doing, based on what our body composition is, based on what our body weight is, based on how much stress. Our body does make minute changes here or there that can become problematic if we start to crash diet, lose too much too soon. Our body really can start to make things tough on us, which is why we in the fitness world, at least the ones who are aware and uh, slightly more or a lot more educated and trained, tell people to lose weight slowly because we don't want to see that drastic change. Okay, so with that information, now we're learning that exercise can have the exact same effect if taken to the extremes. So if we diet too hard, meaning that we make too much of a caloric deficit, let's say somebody's eating 2,000 calories a day and they go on one of those silly HGB diets and all these things that require like below 1,000 calories, so really almost like a starvation diet. Well, that's pretty extreme and we are going to damage that metabolism. So we're going to lower our set point. Now we know that exercise abusers can do the same thing. There was a study and gosh, I wish I could remember the country and I've been like uh, pounding my uh, brain all morning and even looking it up and could not find it. It was in a book. It's true. I just don't remember the uh, name of the study. And when you Google things, sometimes you get crazy answers back. So I gave up and I'm just going to explain the point. But there was a study done where they looked at where people are the absolute most active. In other words, they looked at who walks the most miles, who gets in the most steps. And what they found ironically was in this particular country, it and it wasn't the United States surprisingly, but I guess it's not so surprisingly since they get in the most steps and we're, you know, a pretty sedentary country. 
But it is surprising that the obesity rate was number one and it wasn't us. And it's a small, obscure place, but they walk more than anybody, yet they had one of the highest obesity rates. So they looked at that. And what they're finding is that we can definitely trick our body in a bad way to not burning as many calories if our body gets super used to too high a volume of activity. So mostly cardiorespiratory activity. And I'm not overly surprised when I see that because number one, I know biology and anatomy fairly well. So I know that the body's always going to counter punch you when you punch it. I mean, that's just the way it is. If we start to diet too hard, meaning too much restriction, our body's going to fight back by turning down the dial. So it's, it's not a big surprise to me that our body is going to do that. And plus, from experience, I've seen this happen. I've seen marathon runners gain weight while training for a marathon. I think I've spoken about that before. I know I've written about that before. It's been my experience that it's happened way more than once. It's happened where I'm not surprised when somebody says, you know, my miles are up to 60 and 70 a week. I'm burning so much energy. And they are. There's a major caloric deficit. It's hard to eat that much to keep up with that kind of running. So they're, they're, they're definitely putting out the miles and they're gaining weight. So what we're finding is that when people over-exercise, that their set point starts to lower too. I had this discussion with the client this morning about kind of how uh, certain drugs work like steroids, like testosterone, that if you start taking them synthetically, in other words, if you start taking them unnaturally, your body quits producing them. So therefore, you need to rely on taking them synthetically. It's similar. It's a similar concept anyway as to what happens when we overexercise. Our body basically gets used to the fact that they're going to go out or we're going to go out and put in all these miles and miles and miles. And so the body's going to say, well, I don't really need to burn as much at rest anymore. You know, so it's no surprise that this happens. I have seen it. Now, the last thing I want to do as a leader in the fitness industry is to get people to be more inactive. That's the last thing I want. But what I do want is I want there to be more moderation. The American College of Sports Medicine is the certifying body of most health and fitness professionals. And they were developed in 1954 and they do a lot of research and they do a great job as far as looking at everything very, very um, completely. And they give us guidelines and their guidelines are essentially 150 to 300 minutes a week of moderate activity. And there's more. I'm just giving you that to kind of make a point. There's more guidelines, but 150 to 300 minutes a week, which is basically an hour, five days a week at the fullest there, is really a good benchmark to shoot for. I'm by no means saying if you're an endurance athlete and you bike more than that, you run more than that because you're training for something. I'm not saying that the wheels are going to fall off the bus if you if you supersede five hours a week because that's essentially what that works up to. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is, is that's like a really good guideline for most people 
to try to fall into. In other words, the minimum 150 minutes a week, which is 30 minutes, five times a week. And then they say you get greater benefits with closer to 300 minute of moderate minutes per week, which is closer to an hour, five times a week. So not saying like, again, I'm not saying stop there if you're training for a marathon or something. But what I am saying is most people don't have to go beyond that. Most people's goal is to lose weight, be healthy and fit. And I promise you, if you don't have like a sport reason to go beyond that five hours a week, like you don't have a long cross-country bike trip you're doing or you don't have a uh, marathon you're doing or even a half marathon if you don't have a reason to do it for sport you don't have a reason to do it because what we have to keep in mind is that those people that are training for extreme distances if they're smart if they're well trained if they're well coached aren't doing this 12 months out of the year they're training for something then they take a break, then they recover if they're going through proper periodization. What I am really, who I am really speaking to, and I know some, and we have clients that do this, they over-exercise in hopes to lose weight. They'll tell me sometimes their routines, and I'll just shake my head and be like, like that's more than an endurance athlete is doing, and you're, you're just, you're trying to be healthy, and it is so counterproductive when we really abuse exercise to lose weight because I promise you weight loss is going to happen mostly by what you put in your mouth and how much you put in your mouth. Some of my greatest success personally with that training for bodybuilding shows or whatever has been all through moderation of diet and not nearly as much exercise. And when I have seen my own personal sticking points and stuff, I can look back at some triathlon days and say, wow, I was really overtraining. So there's a tendency and a belief that is, you know, I'm doing all this activity and I deserve this. So there is that too. And that's really kind of a dangerous thing to fall into. And then at the extreme side of this, I see exercise bulimics. Thankfully, I don't believe I see any of this with my close friends. I don't believe I see any of this with my clients. I know I don't actually, but I do see it online with people I know. And oftentimes it's kind of masked as, you know, oh, I'm training for this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this Ironman or I'm doing this marathon. And the hours this person and these people are putting in is like, they might as well just be married to their sport. Like, I don't know how they have a life outside of their exercise, and I'm not exaggerating. Um, three to four hours a day in training. And really, when you get down to it, or when they get down to it, if they're being honest, it's less about what they're trying to accomplish on the podium and more about trying to m maintain weight. And we call that exercise bulimia. It is, well, I don't want to say it's no different than basically vomiting up your food. I mean, it's, I don't, I don't want to say, I mean, I personally, my opinion is, and I'm not a physician, so this is just my opinion. It's just as harmful. Now, some people might say, eh, it's not, you know, uh, real, you know, if they're, you know, I hate to say it that way, but real bulimia 
they might say is more dangerous. I think the outcomes to both are both very dangerous. And the person, people who are doing this need to find medical help. They need to get psychological and medical help with that. But it often goes not diagnosed because too many people give people like this, you know, likes and that of boys and that of girls on Facebook for their extreme activity when in reality most people are shaking their heads going, isn't that too much? And the answer most of the time is yes. So if we're trying to be the best versions of ourselves, as healthy and fit as we want to be, going back to the ACSM guidelines is just really a smart thing to do. 150 to 300 minutes of moderate activity per week is absolutely going to do that. And then eating a nice, healthy diet is going to make sure that you're meeting all of your weight loss goals. And more extreme than that, again, if you're planning something and you don't have, say, an addictive personality or you're not doing it to lose weight, then more power to you. Go ahead and try to do these longer events and increase some duration and whatever you have to do to be ready for that. But that is different and that shouldn't be 12 months out of the year. Okay. So my, my final statement to you is more moderation. All right. Thank you, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden of the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. Jonathan and Lynn are clients. Jonathan is anyway, and they own Realty Pros, the Gilden Group. And, and I'm telling you right now, they're absolute true professionals. I don't push anybody on this show that I don't believe in. I absolutely believe in them. They have the best social media presence that I see. And if you want to sell your home or looking for something else, just give them a call. Check them out at their website at thegildengroup.com. And also, I know Zach and Jeff Hawk very well, who own Overhead Door Company at Daytona Beach. I've known Jeff for 30 years. I trained him years and years ago. Now I'm training his young son, who's 27. They're great owners. They're local. And they do make the best garage doors. I think everybody knows that. And in my opinion, most importantly, they have the best customer service. So check them out at OverheadDoorDaytona.com.